Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of this podcast. Well, today I'm going to talk about clutter, which is one of my favorite things to talk about on Simply Living for Him. But specifically, we are going to talk about how to tackle kids and clutter. Now, that may sound like an impossible task, or that may sound almost like an oxymoron, right? (laughs) Kids equals no clutter? No. But yes, it doesn't have to be as cluttered as you think. So I thought this would be a fun topic to sort of talk about practical ways to manage clutter because let's face it, if you have even one child, they come with stuff, right? And so we will talk about practical ways to manage the stuff that our children sort of bring into our families. And we will also talk, of course, about um, spiritual things because I always say the remedy, the real remedy to clutter and chaos is Jesus. And I truly believe that the more we desire him, the less we desire of this world, which is what I always talk about on Simply Living for Him. So we will tackle also some spiritual issues, you know, heart issues and how we can raise our children to sort of not um, foster that need for things so that when they're adults, they don't have to listen to a podcast like this. (laughs) They won't have clutter. No, clutter is um, something that we all deal with and some of us deal with it or some of us have a lot more to deal with, I should say, than others. And even though I write it simply living for him, I talk about clutter, I'm a simple girl, I you know, want to live clutter free, and we do for the most part, you would be surprised if you came into my house. It's not like I'm a minimalist and you see nothing around or you don't see piles of things because actually right now I'm sitting and looking at a pile of stuff next to my desk here. So, you know, it's not that there isn't clutter, I think we probably have a lot less than most people, but I'm definitely not a minimalist. I'm definitely not um, trying to live without anything because, you know, let's face it, that we do have um, a need for certain things. And also, everybody has different amounts of space in their homes to deal with clutter. So I, I get that. I realize that that is an issue for many that you might have a lot of kids in a small house, so you may need to get creative in how you deal with clutter. So there's a lot of different um, things that go into managing clutter. But let's start by talking about how we manage the main types of clutter that come with kids. Now, I guess when we all think about kids and clutter, the number one thing we do think about is toys, right? And how we manage toys. And I did talk about this on a recent podcast. I touched on this topic a little bit on um, managing toys. And I did say then that our family, I mean, we're not in the stage really anymore where we would be having a lot of toys because our kids now are, we have three, well, two teenagers, one 12-year-old. Um, so I kind of loop, uh, lump him in with the teenagers <laughs> and then an eight year old and the poor eight year old, he gets no toys because, you know, he's the youngest one and we sort of just group him in with you do what everybody else does. No, <laughs> but he definitely doesn't have nearly as many toys at this age than his siblings did when they were eight years old. But that's a lot because we've learned over the years what they really truly need. So, um, toys, I would start by... <laughs> We're going to give some practical tips for, you know, cleaning and um, organizing and keeping things straight. But, you know, let's start with the main thing here 
If you have a lot of toys and if you're feeling the need to always give your child toys, then that is something we want to look at as a heart issue first. Because um, I think nowadays our society is so focused on abundance and giving an abundance and, you know, wanting the next best thing and um, we're inundated with, you know, pictures, um, ads, TV, whatever it is, internet um, advertisements and marketing showing us that we need the best next best thing for our children to make them happy. So we need to really be aware of that because we need to also um, think ahead to what kind of attitudes are we fostering in the next generation. And I think of this story a lot. Back when I first had my daughter, when she was just a baby, and we were at like a little mom's group type thing one um, day, and it was it was towards Christmas. And I remember all the moms talking about what they were getting their kids for Christmas. Now, I'll be perfectly honest, our daughter's first Christmas or second, probably the first few when she was a baby, I think her first actually, she was like nine months old, I think she got like baby food and diapers because she didn't know any different. And then, you know, the following few years, even when she did know differently, we um, <laughs> we would wrap up gifts that were used, we would get hand-me-down toys from people and we would just wrap them up and give them to her. She didn't have a clue. So we were pretty simple back then still. We had no money. I mean, really, we were not, we were, you know, starting out in our marriage and um, I had my daughter our first year of our marriage. So we really didn't have much, but we made do with what we had. And if we were able to get things at a garage sale or hand-me-downs from somebody, those got wrapped up and that was the Christmas presents. But anyway, I remember being with these other moms and feeling so out of place because I remember specifically one mom talking about her daughter. I guess they were about the same age as mine. And I guess, you know, maybe approaching like that two, three-year-old age and I remember her so um, specifically saying like, and she was dead serious, like, you know, well, this year is the year now that my daughter's older that she needs a lot of things. She needs a kitchen. She needs the play dollhouse. She needs um, a leapfrog. I specifically remember her talking and literally truly saying like, you know, she was trying to figure out how to get these things because her daughter needed them now that she was at a certain age. And I think that we almost get brainwashed in our society about what our children need. They don't need to play kitchen. They don't need a leapfrog. They, you know, those are things we want to give if we can, but they definitely don't need it. And I just remember her level of stress. Like these are the things her daughter needed at this stage of her life. And she was trying to figure out how to provide them for her. And just, I remember talking and feeling, again, out of place because all of the moms were really talking about all of the things they were giving their children for Christmas. And we're talking about toddlers here. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, oh my goodness, am I going to tell them we're giving our daughter some garage sale items or hand-me-downs that are used and wrapped up? But um, I guess, you know, for us, we always really tried to weigh what was a need and what was a want. And do we really want to instill in a toddler that... They need to have all these things. Now, I've said this before, but I look at things like the play kitchen and I'm like, why? Why? Because it's cute for us parents to give them like mini versions of adulthood. Because quite honestly, <clears throat> my daughter who actually loved to play in the kitchen when she was little would always just come into the real kitchen and I'd give her 
real spoons to play with and real bowls and she could pretend cook right there in the real kitchen with me. And as she got a little bit older, she would um, actually start to help in the kitchen. And we did actually supply one of those, you know, play kitchens for her, the little wooden one because I wanted it to look so cute. And I probably would say that that was not used nearly as much as just learning to come in the real kitchen with mom. And, you know, it was a better experience for her to come in the real kitchen with mom. Or, you know, if I was busy and I wasn't able to have her helping me in the kitchen, I could always just give her bowls and spoons. And that was much more enjoyable than playing in the fake kitchen. (laughs) So, um, you know, those kinds of things. Do we really need to supply our children with those things? Now, of course, I'm going to bring up Little House on the Prairie because you guys know I love it. And um, I think back in um, that episode of Christmas, and it's in the book too as well, when, you know, they get like a tin cup and they're so excited because they each get their own tin cup and like a piece of candy. (laughs) They're thrilled. It's like the best Christmas ever. Oh, and a penny to put away. And I know, I know, I know that I kind of idealize these things in my mind, but I think it is important to look at things like that and just remind us, remind ourselves how far our society has come when it comes to what we give our kids. So before we can even start to reduce the clutter of our toys, maybe it's, you know, one thing we need to do is evaluate, do we really need all these things? We have for our kids at this stage, basically, I think just Legos is the main toy. Um, And I have to say, actually, right now that it's warm out, the kids aren't even really playing with toys. As I'm recording this podcast, they're outside playing with the chickens and playing basketball in the driveway and, uh, you know, getting out in the woods. And I'm all about playing outdoors and in nature. I think that's the best toy, quote unquote, you can be playing with is God's creation. You're learning. Your um, senses are stimulated. It's so much better than just piling up bins of toys. You know, when our kids were little, we had a toy box and I found that that toy box really was a big um, wooden box that held all sorts of pieces of toys in it and broken things and you never knew what was at the bottom of it. It was basically just a big piece of clutter. And um, I really believe that if we just foster the idea in our children that they don't quite need so much, And we start that young that they can, you know, grow with feeling that they don't need so much. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you're saying, okay, and I have an eight-year-old and they have everything, how do I even start now to undo that? It's possible, you know, have them help you go through the things that they have and ask, what can we give away? Have a yard sale. You know, if the yard sale is too much work to hardly get any money back, then just donate it, give it away. Um... You know, I say that a lot. Sometimes people are afraid to get rid of things because they feel like, well, they've invested in this and somebody gave them to this and sometimes gave them this. And sometimes we just have to take the loss and say, you know what? Yes, we did spend a lot of money on these toys, but we're chalking it up to learning experience and we don't want to move forward in our life with so much clutter and with teaching our children that these things are necessary. So sometimes just chalk it up to a loss, a life lesson and move on because we can really hold ourselves back from decluttering because we say, but I I spent money on this or, you know, this was valuable. Yeah, it was, but is it really um, useful anymore? Is it just causing clutter? So if you are in a place where you feel like you just have too many toys, 
the number one thing you can do is start evaluating what you can get rid of and what can you replace it with as a real life learning opportunity or a real life um, play because kids, their imagination is amazing and they are like sponges and they're learning so much and their play is their learning in their very early years. And it's great to have some educational toys. It's great to have a few things. I'm not saying you can't have toys, but I think as our society, we have gone so overboard. So it's okay to kind of evaluate and to sometimes say, okay, we want to live with less. Let's get rid of some of these things and let's see how we can live more fully with less stuff. You know, doing real things, going on field trips, playing outside, going to the park, especially now as we're approaching spring and summer and it's beautiful weather. Wherever you are, you can get outside and enjoy that. Um, <clears throat> And, you know, there's certain types of toys as well, like the educational toys or the crafts, the craft supplies, those can really become, you know, quite a, um, uh, a, a, what's the word I'm looking for? They can become something that, you know, provides a lot of clutter for us because we just feel like we need to provide all the paint, the markers, the crayons, the colored pencils. So, you know, I would say having those things is great because you want to foster your child's imagination. You want to help them with their creativity. So maybe like one bin of art supplies, keeping everything together in one bin. Um, and Rubbermaid bins or plastic bins, you know, from the, the dollar store are just fine to store things. Have one for Legos, one for um, craft supplies, one for dolls if you, you know, little whatever, little play dolls for if you have a daughter, um, you know, and a couple of those types of bins. And then I would say set an amount, say like we have enough room for, and I'm not talking little bins, I'm saying, you know, like the larger size bins. Um, <clears throat> but if you look at it and you say, okay, we have enough room for say five of these large bins and we will pull them out to play with them and then put them away. Um, when we're done, I think that is a great way to organize your stuff. Now, as I always say too, I am not here at all at Simply Living for Him to provide certain organization systems. There's a lot of people out there in internet land that can do that. They will sell you their organization system and you can print out all their free printables on how to organize and there's way too much of that information out there as well. So I always say I am not about a system or about a how-to way to do it because I think it works differently for everybody. But what my goal here is to, number one, always point people to Jesus. But as far as reducing this type of clutter with kids, my goal would be to point you to evaluate why you have so much clutter with your kids and what are the most practical ways to reduce that clutter and get the kids involved. You know, keep that conversation open with them. Get them involved and say to them, look, you know, we feel like God has blessed us and we have so much stuff that we want to give it to others to help them. And I know a lot of people write to me and say, well, my child doesn't want to part with stuff and um, what should I do? And honestly, it's something that you really just need to work on. It's a heart issue and um, it may not be easy. It's okay if it's not easy. That could be an amazing life lesson for your child to learn early on. If, if they are resisting and it is hard, well then embrace it. Say, we're going to do this. We're going to work through this and maybe it'll take months, but we'll see a change down the line. You know, keep that conversation open when you're in Target, for example. I'll just use Target because I know that could be my downfall. And you're walking those aisles and you see that dollar aisle and all that cute stuff. 
And it's so hard to resist, right? For moms and kids, you can, you can be on that aisle and say, you know, is there really a benefit to bringing this home? Do we really need it? How are we being good stewards of what God has given us with our finances? Is this something we really need to spend money on? Is it really going to be used? Is it going to be used short term and then just thrown in a corner somewhere, somewhere causing clutter and causing stress later on? You know, definitely things to evaluate before bringing anything home. If you are out there and you're um, dealing with clutter issues and your kids, Stop bringing stuff in. That's what I would say. You know, don't bring anything else in until you really start working on what you have already. There should be nothing coming into your house if you are already under stress from having too much clutter. So toys is a big one for um, kids. And like I said, if you could foster your, um, your ideas of living with less early on for your kids, that's great. You know, a big... Uh, contributor to clutter, I think too, at least for my, my past, I remember doing this quite often. We often uh, set the foundation for greed because we promise our kids something for obedience, right? I've done this, so I'm not, I'm not convicting. I've done this myself. I'm certainly not convicting anyone if this is where you're at. How many times I can remember, if you're good in the store, I'll buy you a little toy, like from the dollar store. If you're good in the store, you can pick something out on the way home. And most of the times they're not picking out anything useful. <laughs> they're picking out the rubber snake or the giant pencil or, you know, the water gun that doesn't work, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, Steve really would despise when I would shop at the dollar store when my kids were little for toys because most of the stuff ended up broken and just junk. <laughs> so the dollar store is good, but... Not when I used it as a bribe for them being good in the store. Um, but, you know, doing that constantly, and like I said, I've done it, so I'm not over here to convict because I've done it, um, is something that definitely kind of instills to our children. Um, well, number one, we shouldn't be bribing them, like, you know, telling them to be good because you'll get something. So that's something we've, we've been working on with our own family over the years. But, um, you know, teaching them that if they're good, then that instant gratification of you'll get a reward. That's what we don't want to teach because our society has enough teaching us these days about instant gratification, right? None of us have patience. None of us can wait. We all want that instant pleasure. And when we promise our kids something right there in the moment for their behavior, that is just um, contributing to that instant gratification. So we need to really be careful about that. And like I said, um, you know, fist bump, I'm right there with you. I get it. I've done it. And I have learned over the years that it's really a detriment, especially if you're trying to get rid of clutter because you end up just bringing home stuff that you don't need. <laughs> so we don't want to reward with stuff and we want to train them to really value their things. And not everything is replaceable. You know, oh, that broke. We'll just get you a new one. You know, really training our kids. Actually, it's a good point. I'll, I'll say right before I started this podcast, I was um, outside with my kids and they had gotten a dartboard for um, Christmas and they had gotten darts, you know, with it and they're outside not playing with the dartboard the right way. They have the darts outside and they're throwing them into like logs because they're sticking in with their little pointy tips <laughs> and um, then they run off to play basketball. And I'm saying to them, you know, this isn't right. You don't bring these out here to play with and 
not play with them the right way and then leave them out here because I can guarantee you, you're going to go inside tonight and these aren't going to come inside and they're going to get left out here and it's going to rain and then we're going to forget about it and then they're lost. And then I had to explain, somebody gave that to you as a gift and those cost money to that person. And that's disrespectful to somebody who spent their hard-earned money that they had to work for on you and then you take that gift and you don't value it. And we need to teach our children early on, even if something actually didn't cost a lot, you know, monetarily, everything is of value because it's theirs and it's something that they should take ownership of and be responsible for. So if we could teach our children the value of things, um, because We've seen that in our children, you know, that's something that we've had to work on is not just leaving things out, especially outside. Because like I said, our kids are outside a lot. So they bring things outside, they throw it in the grass, they move on to something else is really teaching the value of things. And not everything is instantly replaceable. Hey, if it's lost or if it's broken, too bad. We're not going to run to the store and replace it. So those are all things we've worked on. But overall, we've kept our toy clutter to a minimum. We don't have a playroom. We, you know, we never had that really even in our old house. Um, we have a basement now. We never had a basement before in our old house. And we do have the space, I guess, to keep like toys and stuff. Like I would have imagined when they were little, I always wished for a basement, a place to put all the toys. But we didn't have one and we did just fine without it. Um, but I would suggest, like I said, there's, there doesn't need to be a system to organize your toys. The, the bottom line is don't bring in so much, get rid of what you don't need, foster the, um, the ideas that we need to value our things, um, that we don't need stuff to make us happy, that we kids should be outside using their imaginations, or if it's a rainy day inside using their imaginations, you know, they're happy to play with the couch cushions and make a fort and all that. We all know that, right? They're happy to play with boxes. They don't need all the stuff our society tells us that kids do. So our house definitely looks a little bit different than I think probably most with four kids because we have four kids, like I said. Um, we don't have a ton of toys. We never did when they were younger um, because I felt like even when we would have, say, at the most, you know, toys because at, they were at that certain age where it just seemed like you were getting a lot as gifts and things like that. They still only played with the certain things. <laughs> there were so many things that just sat there. Um, I've seen pictures online of people's playrooms for their kids and it blows my mind. I don't think that um, there is a huge benefit to that. You know, I really think there's a benefit to children finding their own entertainment, children being allowed to be bored, children being creative without cluttering up your home. If you have the space for it and you want that, I mean, I'm not, I'm not here to condemn anybody, but I'm really talking to the people out there who are saying, help, I don't know what to do with all this clutter. So start by evaluating why you have so much, how you can get rid of some of it. And then honestly, there's no ma major system. Um, pack up, you know, things by like stuff, crafts in one Rubbermaid container or dollar store plastic container. Um, you know, crafts in one, dolls in one, Legos in one, whatever it, whatever it is. It doesn't need to be so much. Um, for any of you out there who homeschool, like I do, I know that brings a whole new level, level of clutter to um, your home. So I totally get that. And I actually did a podcast episode. You can find it there um, if you look back a few episodes about um, 
getting rid of clutter in your homeschool. So I'll just touch on this one quickly, but you can find a whole episode about that and how we deal with that and what to do with all those extra things that come with a homeschool. But I was laughing at myself today because I'm the one who will always say, don't compare to anybody else's homeschool and you don't need a pretty little homeschool room in order to, you know, give your child a good education and we don't have a homeschool room and we don't do that. But I saw a picture of one on Instagram today and I have to say it went against everything that I always talk about. So see, I have my own um, sins to deal with because it just totally had me looking at it and saying, what a beautiful learning space. Why don't I have that for my children? I'm failing them. Now it was a brief moment because I talked myself out of it. And like I said, I will, I talk when I speak at homeschool conventions about this all the time, not coveting, not needing a pretty little room if you don't have the space for it or whatever. And so I reminded myself to look out the window and see the beautiful homeschool classroom that God has provided my children um, with our little hobby farm. So I, I quickly got myself out of it. But I'm right there with you. I know how how hard it can be to sort of want all that stuff. Um, But if you don't have the space for it, again, it just brings extra clutter. We don't need to have like, you know, tons of educational toys and flashcards and games and all that stuff and maps and all the fun stuff hanging on the walls if you don't have the space for it. You know, you can really control the amount of clutter that comes into your home. actually have a podcast episode all about that, how clutter doesn't have to control you. So you can find that podcast episode as well. But we really can control what we bring into our house as far as clutter and even into our homeschool. Then I'll talk quickly about the um, clothes, children and clothes and clutter. I am here to tell you that your children need about three outfits. (laughs) It's so true. You all probably think I'm crazy. But when I was you know, an early mom with young kids early on in my motherhood years, I wanted the little matchy outfits. I wanted everybody to look just so. And I remember feeling so stressed, like on a Saturday night, like who was going to wear what to church and spent way too much time worrying about it. Now I'm just thankful if they, you know, get to church looking decent. I can't imagine worrying about matching outfits and, you know, want when you look at it, it's really, it's really a pride thing. At least it was for me. Um, you know, I want my kids to look good because I feel like they're a reflection on me and they have to look so cute and have the perfect outfit and blah, blah, blah. Now, again, mine aren't really young anymore, so they're picking out their own clothes and all that. But I learned probably several years ago early on that they really don't need that many outfits. You know, my kids, especially my boys, they are thrilled to just rotate between the same three basketball shorts and their favorite t-shirts. So when they were little, I started really purging their closets of, you know, a few play outfits or having a little stash of, you know, the outfits for like when they're in the mud and when they're in the woods and all that kind of stuff. But then, you know, their regular play clothes, their everyday outfits, Um, and no, not pajamas for homeschoolers. I'm just kidding. We do have pajama days sometimes. Um, but just regular play outfits. And then literally they have like one or two nice outfits for Sunday. And I don't care anymore if people are like, oh, Karen's kids wear that every Sunday to church. I don't care. I remember thinking like, oh, they have to wear a different nice outfit every single Sunday. And, you know, I think my boys have like 
two nice outfits that they wear for church. My daughter has her few dresses that she wears for church and they're comfortable and these are the things that make them happy. And, you know, I have three boys that share a room. Now, it's a large bedroom, so it's not really an issue, but two of them share a closet and one has another small closet to himself. I can't imagine the clutter if I tried to keep up with different outfits for every Sunday of the month and, you know, for four of them and, um, making sure they had all these cutesy outfits. And I guess because we're homeschooled, it is a little different because they're not going to school every day. So they don't, you know, they just, they just don't really care. They just, they, I mean, it's not like they go around looking like, you know, messy, but they just have their basic outfits. And I was thrilled. I got to Walmart the other day and they have shorts, those basketball shorts that my boys love for four bucks. So I was like, here, each of you pick out some and you're done for summer. And they've got some t-shirts and their closets are really not that cluttered. The only reason it gets cluttered is because I have to continue to train them to put their laundry away properly. I don't know about you, but my boys refuse to hang things up on hangers. They just kind of say, yeah, our laundry's away, and then everything's in a pile in the closet, but that's another story. But if you were to actually hang everything up and fold everything where it's supposed to be, they don't even have dressers, by the way. They have a, in their closet a little um, Rubbermaid plastic drawer thing that has their underwear, their socks, their pajamas for two of them. And then they have a sh uh, two shelves, and the top, top shelf is like stuff that is out of season. And then the other shelf is their current, you know, t-shirts, sweatshirts, and um, sweatpants. And then hanging up is their, each have like two pairs of jeans, maybe two pairs of nice pants, few few nice shirts, and that's it. I will take you guys on a tour of the closets when I can get them to hang their stuff up. And I'll show you that it really doesn't have to be cluttered. I've been wanting to do a live video of, um, of that while we're spring cleaning. So hopefully I'll get that done in the next few weeks or so. And then... Um, but yeah, they really don't have to have that much. Again, training them early on. What's important, you know? What's, um, what are we training them about how they look and, you know, getting all these clothes? Now, you know, it's, it's because I have boys, like I said, they don't care that much. I'm sure I have a daughter. I mean, she's a teenager, so she sort of is good about picking out what she wants and she, you know, picks out her own things. But um, we haven't... <sighs> had like the issues of maybe if you have a lot of girls and they're really fussy about what they wear. So, you know, it may be a little bit different for you. So thankfully they're not too fussy. And always early on, we just went with, you have a few play outfits, you know, two decent outfits for church. And, um, that was it. It, it was just rotated that way. I mean, it doesn't have to, there's closets don't have to be stuffed. Um, and, for myself, I do the same thing. I mean, I really, I, I wear, I like uniforms, I say. I love the same thing, so I wear them over and over. <laughs> so I'll have to do a Facebook Live about that. Um, so let's see. We talked about toys and school stuff and clothes and crafts, getting kids outdoors. And, you know, at the heart of all this stuff with kids and clutter is really training our children to um, really be focused on things other than stuff. Because as adults, if we're dealing with that issue now and we know how hard it can be, wouldn't it be so wonderful if we could train our children and bring them up so that when they're adults, they're not even having these issues. They're realizing that worth doesn't come from stuff. They're living for 
for God and stuff is just extra. And they're not, you know, in this constant cycle of buying and purging and buying and purging like so many of us are, myself included, I've done it, you know. You're, you, you purge all your stuff at the garage sale, you give stuff away, you get everything out, and then you start filling it back up again. Wouldn't it be wonderful if they never had to live in that cycle? If they just um, were brought up knowing that things have a place in our life, but they're not everything. And stuff is, you know, nice to have, but we live for God and not our things and not accumulating more. So it's really, as I always say, the, um, the issues are always going back to the heart and seeking Jesus. I always say this, but I truly believe the more we desire him, the less we will desire of this world. And then that automatically eliminates so much of the clutter that creeps into our lives, whether it be with our children or with ourselves, with our home or our homeschool or whatever it is. Um, and that reminds me, this summer we're having our Simply Living for Him retreat, which um, the theme is Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. I sing this song as I go to bed at night, I sing it in my head, I'm waking up in the morning, it's in my head, I walk around my house singing it out loud all the time. But it's so my desire for this retreat this summer to encourage um, the women who come on our retreat to turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look at his face and the things of this world, they grow dim. Because you have your eyes on Jesus. I've been working on my sessions for this retreat. I am beyond excited about the uh, messages that God has been laying on my heart for that weekend about how we can truly keep our eyes fixed on Him and not on the things of this world that we often feel are important or think are important or distract us and how we can live with things of this world and you know, have things, but truly everything is focused on him first so that everything else then gets put in its proper place. I cannot wait for our retreat this summer. It's July 13th to the 15th. We are running out of time though to register because our group rate for the lodges at Gettysburg expires in May and that is very quickly approaching. So if you are coming on the retreat, please register soon and book your lodge quickly before that expires. Um, also, you can find episodes of this podcast, previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes. Um, you can find all the links on the blog for wherever you want to look for the podcast. It's on SoundCloud. It's on um, simplylivingforhim.com. You can also find me over on the Facebook page for Simply Living For Him um, and you know, continue the conversation. Tell me what you think about kids and clutter. What are your tips? What are you doing to reduce the clutter that naturally comes along with our children? And what's working for you? Or what are you struggling with? Feel free to email me anytime at Karen at simplylivingforhim.com. I love to hear from you guys out there. Also, next month, I will be speaking at Teach Them Diligently in Atlanta. Um, that is in May, the 12th to the 14th, no, 11th to the 13th or 12th to the, bleh, I can't think off the top of my head, but it's that weekend, <laughs> Mother's Day weekend, I believe. Um, so I would love to see you there. My whole family is driving down to Atlanta and I'll be speaking four times. You can find all the information on teachthemdiligently.net. You can still register for that as well. Register the whole family. It's an event you won't want to miss if you are in that area. 
um, and you are a homeschooler, you will absolutely be so blessed by it. So like I said, I would look forward to seeing you at the retreat this summer. And if not, if you can't make the retreat, I'll see you out there on Facebook and on the blog. Oh, and also the YouTube channel. I have a YouTube channel. If you search under um, Karen Simply Living for Him, you will find that. And I've been posting videos. I'm trying to get some more going on that. And um, I look forward to seeing you out there. And until then, I wish you blessings and joy.